Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Tim's Corner Live. This is episode number 23, and this is a little bit different than what we're used to here on a Wednesday night. I want to send Paul all the best. Paul is uh, on the side of the road without no wheel on his truck, uh, taking care of brakes and all that other stuff. So uh, wish him all the best. Uh, It's still the same crew. It's Tim Terry, Denver match at Dylan Langell, only on an audio side of things. Uh, Denver, we give credit to Dylan Langell because this was his idea. Uh, to do this. So we'll give him the credit to for the way we pivot, but uh, it's still another show. Are you ready for a busy, uh, busy weekend? Absolutely, Tim. Uh, looking forward to tonight. Some great guests and uh, a busy weekend. Um, you know, I personally do not want to build a snowman so Elsa can go away. <laughs> um, so, but it looks like uh, it's going to be a, a little bit of a wet start to the weekend, but we should get to see some racing uh, after, I mean, Let's t- to talk about weather. How ironic last weekend uh, after 2020, where PEI was the only track that did not get to open over at Oyster Bed Speedway. Um, the first weekend where uh, they get to open up every other track rains out and doesn't run. And they're the only one to run. So uh, good for them. Uh, they're racing this Saturday night, I believe. There's a lot of tracks racing, Tim. What, six, seven, something like that? Seven if you include Eastbound. Uh, I actually talked to Robbie a little bit today and cause there was rumors about the legend division racing over there on Saturday night. And he told me not this week. Uh, it would be a next week deal potentially. So keep your eye on Tim's corner and, and all that other stuff. Uh, legend cars are racing at Lake Dowsett this weekend. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but we do have Lake Dowsett racing on Sunday. We have Petty international race. We currently Friday, Saturday, Scotia speed world on Friday. We have, uh, the Shediac Center for Speed with a, a bomber, a demolition, a burnout competition on Sunday. Obviously, we're going to be at Speedway Miramichi on Saturday for the Firecracker. Friday night in Halifax, the Car Star Weekly Racing Series is opening. Uh, Eastbound has a doubleheader, uh, I believe, next weekend, uh, 17 18. So there's six uh, that are running. Uh, Thunder Valley might be running. I might have to check their schedule. I know somewhere over there in Newfoundland they are running a card this weekend. So overall, in Atlantic Canada, there's seven racetracks running. Uh, and Oyster Bed Speedway, I believe, is running a card this weekend. Uh, Robbie didn't get back to me on what exactly is on that card. So pick your poison. If you're listening to us somewhere this evening and you want to get out to a racetrack, do it this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a great show. But uh, Dylan, thank you for the idea to pivot. Uh, so far, so good. I think it sounds good. I haven't heard any complaints. And if anybody wants to put in any questions, comments, concerns, uh, a thank you for not having to see our wonderful faces this evening. Uh, drop it on the Facebook page. Drop it on the uh, the last post that we made, and we'll we'll get those questions and comments out. But uh, Dylan, are you ready for uh, for some racing? You got some hot rods and some mini stocks this weekend. You know what? Kind of the Denver's point there. You know, I'm able to go racing. Uh, now it's racing. Help you guys out, and then I get rained out. I made it as far as the Irving Truro on Saturday before I turned around back to the city. So uh, we know what's coming with. Apparently, Elsa's coming to town. We don't know when and where exactly, but uh, it could be a soggy start, but you never know. Things can change up. So we're looking forward to a fun weekend. My first race of 2021 will be at Petty, and it'll be the second year in a row that my first race is at Petty. But we've got the Hot Rod Classics brought to you by Conrad Brothers Limited. We've got some super nice cars making their debut this weekend. And how about this, boys? Two Quebecois drivers are going to be in New Brunswick for this series. Couldn't say that last year. This is going to be so exciting. We're going to dive into that with Taylor a little later on. My goodness, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And for those that were were talking about that call last week at 660, I'll be the first one to admit I thought they made the wrong call in the morning uh, looking at the forecast. But uh, that place 
it's, it's almost like, and, and Dylan and, and Sean can relate to this. It's like Scotia where it got fogged in. Like we got boxed in by fog all day long, heavy mist. There was no way we were racing Saturday. So whatever Max and Shauna saw on the radar, uh, they hit the nail on the head. So uh, it, it sucks that we got rained out. Uh, I know Pete Miller was on his way up, uh, but there's always, there's always next week or, or in this case next week with July 17th with Christmas in July. Uh, but there's always that, that next week. So hats off to them and uh, excited for this weekend. Obviously uh, can't be two places at once. So Dylan, I want to thank you for taking uh, part on the East coast mini stock tour presented by passion flooring and interiors. It's the can it connect 50. Uh, and I talked to Drew earlier. He said he wasn't sure what the schedule is going to hold because with COVID and everything changing and you know, everything fluid, we're not sure what's going to happen when it's going to happen. So uh, hmm. round number one for the mini stock tour is on Saturday at Petty Raceway, but let's dive into this and let's get going with some racing. We'll start Sunday. We'll start Sunday and work our way backwards this weekend at Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway. Driver of the number 21 sportsman. It's going to take a little bit for me to get used to, Sean, but Sean Pierce, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you on a Wednesday night. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to dive into this because we've, we've got some history to talk about, but let's first talk about this weekend. You've got some experience at Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway, but now it's a sportsman car. It's your own race car. How excited are you for Sunday? Well, I'm excited to get down there and, and give it a try. That's uh, it's an interesting racetrack for sure. And, you know, it, I don't know. Last time I was down there was in Drew's car. Actually, that I raced was a four cylinder car. Um, that's quite a bit different than a sportsman. And down the back stretch down there, that's pretty fast. I would say you're in the gas longer than you are at Annie Kanish. So what do we expect for those that have never been to Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway? And obviously they're capped at 300 people this week for those that have never been, give us, give us a little pitch as to why they should go see a race at Lake Dowsett. Uh, it's wild. It's different, but what, from a driver's standpoint, uh, what's it like to race around there? Well, it's, it's four different corners. So every corner is different and it, you know, I've seen some videos and stuff down there. They're still side by side racing. Um, most of the fans sit in turn one, which is uphill. And so you got the whole field coming basically right at your lap. And then all of a sudden we make a hard left and back down the hill. So it, it's an interesting spot to watch. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a good race this weekend. And unfortunately, if you are wanting to go to the racetrack and get tickets, we are sold out, which is a good problem to have. Absolutely. And I liken it to they they treat that deal like a NASCAR deal. And I mean, we we did it when we were there with the East Coast Mini Stock Tour, where they absolutely packed that racetrack. You're treated like a Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., those, those big names. It, it seems like they they take care and they uh, they follow the drivers like there's no tomorrow. Uh, looking forward uh, to this weekend, sportsman wise, it's it's a weekly division. Uh, you've got some big names down there, guys like Kyle Hines and Sean Burke and J.P. Arsenault and uh, those guys that are, are going to be big. What's it like stepping into that division as as the newcomer, I guess, to that class? I just hope we can get out and be competitive. Like the whole idea this year, like obviously we, we sold the pro stock. We got a sportsman care is to take a step back and just have a little bit of fun. The, the, the pro stock was getting to be uh, it's, I like we're. We're extremely underfunded team, and it was just getting to be a lot of money to, to try to even compete and run in the top 10. So with that pro stock, let's let's talk about the little bit of a switch, because the car behind you is a former Reigns racing car, right? 
Correct. It is a former range racing car. It used to be the 41 car. So how much time did it take over the winter to get that car prepared and ready for Lake Dosa? Because that, that thing hasn't seen a racetrack like that before, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it hasn't. Um, I, when I got, we got the car, we took it all apart, obviously, and give it a good going over and, and change some stuff that I thought for myself wise and, and put her together and took it down and test it three weeks ago. And as of right now, I would say the car is better than me, but it's going to take some time to get used to that racetrack. So how much preparation is going to go into that Sunday practice to try to, you know, follow some drivers? Obviously you can do as much study as you can with video and, and what have you, but how much is going to go into that Sunday practice, maybe following those guys that have been around there a little bit in the late model. Well, that'll be the main thing is follow some of them guys. But like Kyle was down, um, Sean was down when I was testing and, and they said, so far, it looks like I got a good line either. And I want to, I'm overdriving the car a little bit, but I think we'll be okay once we start racing. So what's the biggest difference that you have to learn driver wise between the pro stock and the sportsman? Uh, do you have to do anything different in those race cars compared? Obviously there hasn't been a pro stock at Lake Dowsett in a while. So has, what, what kind of changes are you expecting as a driver going into Sunday? Well, for one, they don't stop, <laughs> not like a pro stock. So you can't drive it into the corner like, like you want to. So sometimes with these cars, with sportsman's slower is faster. So if you ease it in and get on the throttle a little quicker and you can go faster. We are live and interactive here this evening. We don't have the video for you yet, but we're uh, live and interactive. If you're on Facebook, drop us a question, drop us a comment. Dylan is still on there. I know we got a few listeners out there and if you miss it, It'll be back on the podcast platforms later on tonight. So keep an eye on that one as well. I'm surprised Brandon Campbell hasn't chimed in any more than he, he already has. Oh, yeah. has he? Oh, oh. He, said he, he wants to be the producer, but it's like, oh, does he have yeah. the equipment? Yeah, see, and that's the problem. All our equipment is is kind of tucked away. So we have mm. what we have right now, but I'm sure he's going to chirp at some <laughs> point. Uh, Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway starting this weekend. Obviously, that's your first race, Sean. What's the, the next portion of the schedule look like for you you guys going to do some traveling you guys going to run for a championship there what's your plan uh the plan is is to run the full schedule down lake doset um you know we've missed two races due to this covid stuff so jp and the, the crew were looking at maybe tacking that on the end um then once we see what'll happen with the iwk 250 weekend that's that's when we wanted to plan to get down to i annie Kanish. And we'll see what happens with the cat weekend in Halifax. We may plan to come up to that as well. But the whole idea is we went down to Lake Dowsett is we got a camper lot down in Clyde river. So the family and I, we go camping and then we can go racing on Sunday, which what was happening with the pro stock is I was going one way and my family was going the other way. So it got to be fairly hard. And the hall is a little bit shorter too from Bridgewater to Lake Dowsett compared to an Oyster Bed or a, a Petty Raceway or what have you every single week. Though the last time we were down there, and I was going to tell this story, and we actually had video to go with it on the video side, but the last time you said you raced down there was that August weekend in 2019 when you ran Drew's car. Yeah. We ran the Lucas Oil 150 the night before at Oyster Bed Speedway. I think I passed you at like 2 a.m. in the morning going home. Uh, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Brittany Hoyt was with me that weekend. She got maybe four or five hours sleep on the road. What do you remember about that weekend? Because it was busy for both of us. It was, and it was a late night on PEI. Um, I can't remember what time we hauled out of there, but it was late. Uh, I, Dad drove most of the way home. I slept. 
we got home, basically picked up the four-cylinder car and kept on the road straight to Lake Doset. <laughs> and I think we got there at, uh, I think it was like 9.30 in the morning. We got down there and was ready for practice. Now, those four-cylinder guys, and I know we're going to talk to Neil a little bit later on. He's one of those last guys that still shift his race car. Uh, but Cole Butcher, Dylan Blankhorn, I've, I've spoke to those guys and said, yeah, those cars would be fun. But I, I feel like I'd be behind if I had to shift twice a lap. Obviously, like Dowsett being a little bit different. But what was your experience going into the four-cylinder guys against those best in the business that know what they're doing? Well, they were shifting down there, but Drew had his setup so that I didn't have to shift, which was great. <laughs> but uh, it it's interesting to race down the straightaway side by side. I, I think I was with uh, Shay McPhee and here's car shift. I was like, man, I got him. He's shifting and look beside me and he's still right there. So they, they can get it done. They know how to wheel them four cylinder cars. Once again, we're, we're live with Sean Pierce. Be sure to drop us a comment on Facebook and we'll we'll get to it at some point here this evening. Now, Dylan, I know you're chomping at the bit because not only do we get to see Sean on a, on a regular basis racing uh, on Saturday nights, but you guys play hockey together, don't you? Yeah, we were defense partners uh, for a little bit. Not much this year. I only played one game. Sean, did you, did you throw the skates on at all this year? No, I didn't. It was so on and off again. I was like, no, I'm just not making a commitment. So for context for our listeners, Sean lives in the South Shore, Nova Scotia. I work in the South Shore, Nova Scotia, and my boss at the radio station runs a gentleman's league hockey team, and by chance, Sean was on the same team. So I remember seeing Sean at the IWK 250 in Scotia Speed World, and then when I signed up to play on this team, hey, uh, here's Sean Pierce. So we played uh, some some hockey for a couple of years, but um, aside from that, how did you keep busy during the winter? The car, work? I keep the coach Isaiah keeping you busy too with his hockey. Oh yeah, for sure. The kids hockey that went pretty decent this year. Again, with COVID rules, it made it, that made everything difficult, but no, we were able to, his team did pretty good. We finished third overall in our league and, um, I racing, obviously we, we did a lot of I racing over the winter and, and yeah, worked on this car. Once we got it in January, get it ready for the season. So it was busy. Oh, yeah. I mean, busy. Busy is good, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I know last year, and we'll probably dive into it a little bit, rough go for you a couple times last year. Mechanical problems. I, I think there was, what, two times at Petty? It just seemed like every time you got on the track, there was gremlins coming out of that 21 car. How rough of a start was it for you for the 2020 season? Well, last year we had a lot of things we wanted to try, and without points – series basically um you know there was things we could we could try and and being a low dollar team you gotta you gotta try to figure out ways to find stuff to keep up to the fast guys so unfortunately some of the things we tried didn't work out it would break or you know we didn't quite go the right way so we went back towards the last couple races we went back to what we were doing and i think we finished 12th and annie Kanish and we had a good run at shediac and finished seventh i believe there We'll, we'll probably dive into it a bit more, but are you done pro stock racing? It, it, maybe if the ace and the whole team threw you an offer to drive that 80 car, would you hop in it? Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, we'd have to cross that bridge when we come to it. That would be a decision wife and I would have to sit down and make. Or, or what if they ask you to drive the septic truck to 
drive the number 80 into the track. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be doing that one. I'll leave that up to Tom. <laughs> well, what, one of the best uh, journeymen, I'll say, uh, you know, kind of that small team guy right here, Sean Pierce is on with those folks. And it, it's very unique, Tim, because we've had, you know, the butchers on the show. We've had the Dylan Blankhorns. Now we got the guy, Sean Pierce, who's been around for a while. And, and Sean, you come from racing family as well. Your dad, Dave, did the NASCAR and, and pro stock racing for quite a while too, right? Oh, yeah. We've been at it for my family for over 42 years. So, yeah, we've been we've been at it a while. Dad was actually one of the original drivers of NASCAR when it was formed back in 1980, I believe. So what were his origins of getting behind the wheel? What Was it just basic bench racing? Uh, is he from the South Shore as well? And was there a South Shore racing scene back in the day? Uh, yeah, he was from the South Shore originally. Um, he had moved to, he used to work at Mc, uh, McPhee Pontiac. And he worked with uh, some guys there that, that raced, uh, Freddie Schofield. And went out to the racetrack with Freddie and decided that he should have a race car. And then a couple guys got together and they built the race car for Atlantic Speedway. Dad started at actually had a number 77. It was a Studebaker. I think I got pictures of that, that car. And he ran there a couple of years. Um, and then that kind of fell through. And then late seventies, he got another car and started at Onslow. And then he's been going ever since. Those origins of NASCAR. I mean, even you must have been not to date you, Sean, but you must have been <laughs> what, like around 10 years old when NASCAR would have been just starting. No, nice try. Were you? Yeah, I was, I was actually born in 1980. So I was, I guess I was at the racetrack since I was born. So I've, I've been there. <laughs> Well, Tim, I know my—I don't know my defense partner well enough. I guess uh, you were trying to add ten years there. Uh, he was, yeah. I don't know what was up with that, but at, at least you, you carried the one or whatever you want to call it. With him Here, at, here's but. the thing, okay? T t tell me if I'm wrong. Two thousand sometimes feels like it was five years ago, and in reality, it was twenty-one years ago. So, so I'm all so messed two, up. Like wait, two thousand is twenty twenty. So that means you were like five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes me feel old. Not not at all. Uh, let, speaking of like 2000, where, where you know, Moosehead Premium Dry Exhibition Park would have been, you raced there before. When did you get your start in racing? When did you first hop into a race car? Uh, in 98 was actually the first time I started full-time. Um, I don't know if people might remember Charles White. He had an old street stock in his garage. It was, uh, at the time, Charlie stopped racing. Uh, Scotia used to have street stock features like A, B, and C. So we took this, Charlie had an A feature car, and we took it to Moosehead, and it was sitting around for, I don't know, probably five, six years that Charlie had it sitting around, and we got lapped. <laughs> and Charlie said, I don't know what they've done to these cars, but it's not the same. <laughs> so that's where we got our start, and we, we worked on that car and worked on that car, and we, we've got a competitive buddy in, but then it, we made the decision to jump into a sportsman back in 2000 and then ran the sportsman ran car. This. Yeah. And then went into pro stock too, didn't you? Yeah. We ran the sportsman car for a year. Um, we would have won rookie of the year at Moosehead, but that's uh that's another story, uh, how that track and everything kind of ended up there, but we would have been rookie of the year that year. And then 
dad and I kind of looked at, we had the mass car sitting there in the garage, what it was costing us to run a sportsman car. We like touring. Obviously we've always been a part of, of a tour. So we said, let's just run the mass car and sell the sportsman car. And the rest is history. And it's been 20 years since that maritime pro stock tour began and, you know, it's gone through some different names. It's gone through some different brands. You know, the Car Quest, Parts for Trucks, and now East Coast International. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but give us some of your favorite memories of racing on the tour. Oh, there's there's so many. Like, just getting to meet the people. There's always been different people coming and going throughout the years on the tour. Um, you know, my biggest memory that I'll probably have with the Pro Stock was that heat race win in Andy Kanish a couple of years ago, actually. That was, you know, it, that was all the big guys you could say were in that heat race and we actually pulled away from them. So that was kind of neat. And even in that, that race, we ran top five all the whole weekend, that whole race until the rear end broke with like 20 laps to go or something. And speaking about Annie Ganesh, and by the way, we forgot to mention off the top of the show, the IWK 250 not happening on July 24th. It's going to be deferred later on in the season. looks like they're going to have something up there on that weekend, still waiting for the, uh, the TBA, but You've raced in a few of those IWK 250s before, Sean. How cool of an event is that to have in our own backyard? Oh, it's that's probably one of the neatest races or events to have. Like to know that that is here in our backyard. I mean, you hear people talk about it right from Nova Scotia, right to North Carolina, from the NASCAR drivers that they brought up. Like Regan Smith, he wanted to come back because he felt that you know he couldn't win it. He just couldn't sit in a car and go win. So he had to come up and he thought it was really competitive. And just to hear guys like that talk about our little series we think is little up here, it's it's pretty competitive. Favorite NASCAR driver to race with? Because I know you've raced with all of them since they've been here. What's your favorite NASCAR driver to race with? Oh, man, there's been so many of them. I think, uh, I don't know, Joey Logano was probably the most personal guy we've seen come up he wasn't scared to sign an autograph from anybody. Like if he saw you walking down pit road, anybody he'd kind of stop. Mark Martin was sort of the same way. Um, my most favorite memory of a NASCAR driver was actually David Rudiman. We ended up getting wrecked in a heat race, had the whole front end tore off our car, started in the back. And we were driving up through the field and we were, passing David for seventh and he got in a wreck and had the front of his car tore off and he thought his day was done and he ended up saying hey if that guy could pass me I can pass too and the two of us raced our way up to, through the field I think I finished eighth or ninth that day and he ended up finishing fifth but I couldn't quite keep up <laughs> now back to that year and we had Dave on the show here a little bit uh, a couple of episodes ago did you have pain on your driving suit after that weekend Oh yeah. I still have yeah. that. I actually, I think my nephew is wearing that driving suit in his bando car. That still has the paint on the back of it. That uh, paint never come off. No, it, it, it never came off. I don't think anybody that, that sat on that wall that afternoon. Uh, you mentioned Landon. Uh, how's the Bandolero deal coming along? Are, are they excited to get going here uh, whenever we get the green flag? Oh yeah. They were, they were quite excited. I've been over just a couple times to help my brother set it up a little bit. Um, they're pretty well ready to go. They went and practiced, uh, about two weeks ago, I guess, in preparation of getting ready for last Friday night and get rained out. And by the looks of things, it may rain this Friday. Hopefully it stays away, but see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a, a touch and go, I think. Just keep keep tabs. If you're listening to us, keep tabs on scotiaspeedworld.ca for what happens to that race. But Denver, you've been quiet over there. What do you got for Sean Pierce? 
Well, Sean, I want to, I got a couple questions to throw at you, but uh, first of all, uh, you've raced at quite a few tracks. Favorite track to race at? Favorite track? I would say it'd have to be Annie Kanish, be my favorite track. I never had the opportunity to race at Miramichi. I always, I always liked that track, but because I went up there when I was little and we always had a good time up there. I never got to Moosehead Premium Dry Speedway, but I have been told that it kind of resembled what Miramichi is now. So, uh, you know, I'm sure if you ever got, you know, if we ever got the sportsman race, I, and we, you got that sportsman car up there, you might have a, a little edge on the competition for sure. But uh, yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, Miramichi is nothing like uh, Moosehead. Moosehead was more like PEI. It had two different corners and it was high banked, whereas your guys' is almost like a Shediac, I guess. It's definitely unique with the, you know, the, the corners are different. That's one thing for sure. Um, uh, I want to ask you, you've raced a lot of years on the pro stock tour. What was the most memorable season that you had? Uh, you know, it could be for good or for worse, but what was the most memorable season on the pro stock tour? Uh, it was probably a couple of years ago. We finished 10th in points. Um, we had a lot of good runs that year. We, we battled Jarrett butcher and petty one night for fifth spot side by side the last 15 laps and my radio actually quit so I couldn't hear my spotter so all I know is I was leaving room for Jarrett and after the race Craig Slomway come over and he said you were leaving him way too much room you should have rubbed him a little bit but anyway we didn't but yeah, that was a good race and that was that was all in all a pretty pretty decent year I think we had three or four top tens that year so for us being a low budget team, that was that's great to finish in the top ten. That's that's almost as good as a win. Absolutely, and I, I seem to recall around that time uh, you had a pretty good run going in the Mike Stevens Memorial. I think you were running top five, if not just outside the top five in the top ten. Uh, you know, even for a low budget team, you seem to really excel in some of those bigger races by times. It takes a lot of homework. <laughs> I spend a lot of time reading, um, listening to videos like. Gary Crooks puts out setup videos. I, I listen to a lot of his stuff. Um, as a low dollar team, you really got to watch every, every dollar you spend sort of deal and, and make sure that what you're buying is the right thing to buy. Um, and if we didn't have the Thompson flea market, we probably wouldn't have been racing pro stock many years ago for now, but that, uh, that pretty well kept us going was, you know, going down to Thompson. And a lot of times, you're a year behind by going to Thompson because the Americans get certain things and then they're like, yeah, that worked, but I think we can go a different direction and, and find some other stuff. But for the most part, that's how we were able to afford going to racing was, was getting stuff from Thompson and, and doing lots of research. <laughs> and that's certainly, I know I'm going to kind of go that way with my next question. And obviously being a low budget team, a lot of people, including myself, respect how you made it work and how you were able, you know, made it competitive but that kind of gives you a different perspective when you you know you're kind of going to the flea markets and getting whatever you can to keep the car on the track so over your career um in pro stock how did the sport change and uh, from your perspective what you know what uh for good or bad what did you think of some of those changes uh there's been there's been a lot of changes over the years um but the tour has kind of done a good job at at keeping the rules tight. We all may complain about the rules. Trust me, we, we complain about them a lot. But uh, when you look at a practice sheet or, you know, a qualifying sheet for the pro stock tour, I mean, top to bottom, sometimes you're looking at half a second. 
and that's 20 some cars. I guarantee you're not going to pick up a practice sheet from pass or any other series in the States and see that in their field. Like, so that sense, it makes it easy for a low dollar guy, I guess, to, to, to be competitive, but it's also hard because you know, you're, you're that close to what do I need to spend money on next to, to try to keep up or catch up and where, you know, nothing against the guys that, that the big teams, but they get starting to get a lot of connections to the U S and, and stuff. And that's going to widen the gap and it's going to be a lot harder for the little, little guy to be competitive. Absolutely. Um, before I throw it back over to Tim, I want to ask you one more question, uh, over your career in the pro stocks, who was the uh, toughest competitor that you raced against? Who did you have some of the best battles with? I know you mentioned the one with Jared Butcher, but uh, anything else come to mind? Uh, a lot of guys, you know, raced fairly clean, um, toughest battles, you know, there's certain guys you see coming into mirror. You just kind of let them go. Um, Marty was always one of those. <laughs> You see Marty come, you just let him go and hopefully you can hang on, keep, keep up to him. Cause he was always fast, but for some reason he was always in the back and he'd go to the front and he'd go to the back and he'd go to the front. So, uh, other than that, uh, you know, Jonathan, he was always a tough competitor. I don't know if he liked the, didn't like having the little guy pass him, but he always run probably us harder than it felt like anybody. <laughs> Shifting gears, obviously, with the Pro Stock Tour the way it is, and, and Denver kind of mentioned all those changes. Where do you see that division, that tour going in the next 10 years? What do you see as an outlook for the for the Pro Stock Tour? Boy, I don't know. That's a It's a tough question. Um, it's going to be really tough to be able to keep the spending reins, we'll say. I mean, the thing is, is guys got the money, guys got the money, but the problem is we don't have 30 guys that got big budgets. We've got probably six to 10 guys that's got, you know, a fairly big budget. And if you don't, if there, you can't find some way to rein that back a little, the smaller guys are just, they're not going to, they're not going to come. Looking at that sportsman, you, you kind of mentioned the schedules, uh, you know, every second week at Lake Dowsett and kind of pick and choose what races you want to go to, but is there any big race that you're kind of looking forward to that you might've, you know, saw in the pro stock and said, Hey, that that's cool sports and race. Maybe I, I'd like to be a part of that at some point. Is there any event that you kind of have circled on your calendar? Maybe not necessarily this year, but maybe down the road. Uh, like I said, the IWK one is one that will always be circled. Doesn't matter if it's a sportsman race or the pro stock weekend. That that's always one that's right there. Um, Mike Stevens one. I'd like, you know, always like to do that one see how that that weekend works out or falls on my work schedule and you know maybe maybe the one up in Miramichi I, like I say that's a, one of the racetracks I think that's one of the ones left there in Sydney that my dad has raced at that I haven't been to so either one of those racetracks be neat to mark off the list there Just you make, go Barry there's another sportsman I was gonna say, just make sure that you don't uh, talk to Ryan before you go to Sydney, because Dylan had that work out for uh, Mr. Van Orscott last year. <laughs> I don't, wait. I don't know Ryan. <laughs> okay, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Who? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it didn't work out I'll for him last sure. year, did it? Well, he ran good up there, but uh, I'll just make sure 
even though we work together pretty closely, I think most people know that, but uh, I'll have to park in the opposite end of them when we go up there. Well, <laughs> did, just, did, just did, make sure the, the fans don't know that, I guess, is the, the right thing. Right, Dylan? Did, did you say he ran good or rammed good? <laughs> <laughs> he won, didn't he? He won. He did get the checkered flag. And I have never heard as many boos from 13 people compared to like being in a hockey arena with 10,000 people booing the ref. Well, the Cape Breton guy fans, they like the Cape Breton drivers. And when uh, the outside Cape Bretoner kind of takes it to them a little bit, they, yeah, they don't like that. The mainlander <laughs> could not nah, just t- took, took out. Uh, well, yeah. Cause at that race, it was Ronnie McCain, Sean Waterfield. So it was a two on one of, of, of the Cape versus the mainland there. <laughs> Still one of my favorite memories of 2020. Yeah, and looking with uh, with Ryan, uh, obviously you're going to race with him a little bit this year. Is there any other other competitor that you're looking forward to, you know, maybe going door to door with this year? Well, again, that's one of the things I like about Lake Doucette. I've been kind of talking with Kyle Haynes the last, you know, couple, little bit. Um, last year helped him out a little bit. It'll be it'll be neat to get out in there and rub fenders a little bit. He's got that nice bright yellow car, and I think purple would look really good on it. <laughs> Now, he is the most recent winner at Lake Dowsett. It took him all season in 2020 to finally get a win. So he finally gets one. So has he mentioned that at all, that he won the last race down there? Because I'm sure that's still sticking in his mind. Oh, trust me. He should have won about two more. One, he uh, the white flag came out. And he pulled a Mark Martin, thought it was to check it and lift it. And Steve went by him. And I roasted him for a full week about that. So, yeah, he knows. <laughs> so... Point-wise, looking forward, because Lake Dowsett ran for points last year. Are you looking forward to, to running for points, getting a championship? What's the uh, mindset going in there? Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll run races. How's that? And uh, see where the points lie. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I'm hoping we can run top five when we get down there. If we manage to, you know, pull out a checkered flag here and there, that would be great. But, um, again, the sportsman cars, it's not new to me, but I haven't been in one racing for a while. So, just uh, hopefully we get down there and get into it and kind of get competitive and then we'll go from there. Now we didn't have it last year because of, of COVID, but two years ago we had the Riverside Lobster 100 and uh, we saw Travis Roma and Pete Miller and a few others make the trip down. 25, 30 laps is a hard run on the rigs down there with a sportsman car. Have you thought about if they do say, Hey, we're going to go hundred laps at the end of the season, how that's going to play out for you? No problem. Let's go 200 <laughs> laps down there. Don't matter to me. Well, you're used to it, right? That's right. That's right. I don't mind the long races. I hear some of the guys talk saying, you know, I don't know how you run those long races. And I was like, ah, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> for, for those that, and we're kind of coming full circle here, but for those that have never seen Lake Dowsett before that obviously can't go this weekend because it's sold out, but why should they hop on tickets to get to the next one in two weeks' time uh, to make that trip to the Yarmouth area? Well, hopefully, you know, COVID numbers will relax a little bit and we'll be allowed a bigger crowd next in two weeks' time. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe it's going to be a, you know, it's a friendly atmosphere down there. That's one of the things that attracted me to that racetrack when we, we looked at going to a sportsman car. Um, you know, they like you said, they treat everybody really well. Um yeah, and it should have some good racing because, like I say, it's it's four completely different corners, and it's a big racetrack, and it's fast. Well, it's almost like fun because isn't one and two really like a double apex? 
Yeah, turn one and turn two. It Turn two is a corner, but it's almost part of the straightaway because you've got to slow down so much for turn one that when as you're coming out of turn one, head into turn two, you're basically wide open and you're wide open all the way down to backstretch till you get to turn three. The best, if anybody's got iRacing, the best way I could say that could, any track could compare to Lake Dowsett would be North Wilkesboro because it's uphill and downhill and kind of has the same corners, just yeah. Elevation it's, might be a little bit higher at Lake Dowsett. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to ask you about the paint scheme, because you've had some pretty clean-looking paint schemes in the last couple of years, but let's talk about the purple. How did you come with the uh, the purple paint scheme this year? It's kind of a funny story, uh, really, is my wife's been after me for the paint the race car purple for a long time, and I've been, no, I'm not painting it purple. And we saw somewhere in town, I saw a charger that was purple and i was like hey i kind of like that color <laughs> so i was like all right we can paint the car purple and because i've never had a purple race car and you know when you're trying to find something different after 40 years of racing it's uh, it's hard to find a different paint scheme <laughs> so yeah we went with the purple and then ryan like i say ryan and i kind of talk together and we share information so the stripes that are on the bottom of the car are pretty well matched up with ryan's car and we both had the Hendrick number font. So there's some similarities between the two cars there. So if there's similarities, who's going to beat who the first time that they're both in the racetrack together? I don't know. Uh, it, t there's no such thing as teammates, right? Once you get on the racetrack. So it, it's going to have to be like an even ground because if you go to Riverside, obviously he's got the experience there in a sportsman car, at least you go to Lake Dowsett, you're going to have that, that leg up. So I, I guess Ryan hasn't been to Scotia recently. So I guess you guys have to have the, the match race at Scotia one night. Yeah, we could go to Scotia, but I got no problem with Andy Kanish because I can, I can remember getting in his car and I put it up on top of the, close to the top of the board and it took him a little while to get there. So <laughs> we, uh, we could match out pretty good and, and Andy Kanish. I'm sure he hasn't heard the uh, the last of that, though, right? Oh, no, not for sure. We we kind of jab each other once in a while, but. All, all in good fun. I know you got some great marketing partners on this race car. Who makes it happen for you? Yeah, actually, we have some new marketing partners on the car this year, which is which is different. It's always good, especially in these COVID times, to pick up new sponsors. Like uh, we got Highway 103 Auto Body, uh, Matthew Nickerson Holland, uh, Pleasantville Signs at They've done their lettering since we've been racing for a while. Uh, Collins Water Treatment. Uh, he's Collins been with us. And Tom DeBruin Undercoating, Dutchman Undercoating. He uh, he hopped on to help us this year as well. So we've and Entice Motorsports, they've been with me while well, they've been with me for a while as our oil sponsor. So all that's that's great. Looking forward to seeing how Sunday goes, obviously, with 300 fans and I know we did the PEI Lake Dowsett deal a couple of years ago. I'm going to be in Miramichi on Saturday. It's a little bit longer of a haul. I'm going to pass on this one, uh, but I will be down there at some point. Uh, good luck. Tell JP and the crew that I said hi, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get the results on Monday morning, and uh, I'm sure we'll see the 21 near the top, right? Well, we hope so, and we'll definitely make sure JP and the guys get the, get the results to you, like, They've done a great job at the racetrack this year as well. Like the the Southwest Stock Car Association, they've they've you know fixed up the wall a little bit. They've cut some bushes down. They've tried to make improvements to the racetrack every year, and I think this year they they've done a nice job to the facility. 
They're doing an absolutely great job. Head over to the Facebook group if you haven't yet. Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway, all one word. You can find it on Facebook and get all the information as to when tickets go on sale and what have you. I actually had a message this week on the Facebook page for TCM and, and asking when when do the tickets go on sale? Well, they already went on sale. Everything happens just so quickly. So head over to their page and make sure that you're on the loop. Uh, Sean, this has been great catching up. Good luck on Sunday. Problem. Thanks, Tim. That's Sean Pierce, driver of the number 21. Now, boys, usually we have Paul hop up a graphic and, and show that I'm on top of the fantasy standings again because we technically didn't get to race last week. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. No, no, I, okay. No, <laughs> hold on. Now, you said to me on Saturday morning, he, you said that if Lonnie was coming, sign the check. Lonnie was going to drive the 27 car from what we were told, but we didn't race. So I thought this I mother said na- Mother Nature. This mother what, what's nature, on the record? nothing because there's nothing on the graphic listen i'm getting ripped off here if i lose by 100 points at the end of the year there's gonna be a we're gonna have a protest there there are some points to be made up because our race this week coming up is going to be the brycon construction 200 at betty raceway uh we'll have the the fan side of it on the website probably tomorrow night uh so you can head over there and make your own picks uh i haven't made a pick yet denver i know you said before we came on the show that you were going to make a pick so who do you got uh, well, I need to make up some ground and, uh, what better way to do that than, uh, with the driver who the only driver to win a pro stock race at Petty International Raceway so far this year, uh, that's Corey Hall. That 83 car was fastest in time trials at the, uh, hundred lapper that they had on June 20th, won the race lights out. And, uh, there's no reason to think that that won't continue to be the case and that I won't pick up some big points. So no pressure, Corey, but, uh, let's get to the top. Okay, Dylan, have you even thought about of a pick for Saturday? Because I know you're me and Denver are going to be up in Miramichi. You're going to be there to see it. What are you thinking? I've been brewing on it here, and I think I'm going to go with Ashton Tucker for Saturday night. Okay, so he's got the bad luck on his side. Um, well, I'm thinking because he's had the bad luck, but that was at Speedway 660s had the really bad luck so far this year. He had some great runs last year at Petty, won a race at Petty, I believe. Am I correct saying he won one of those races last yep. year at Petty? And he had the runs with, with uh, Jonathan Hicken, my goodness, some of the shows we got to see. I think Mr. Number 2, Brad Silver from Motorsports, is going to get the big win on Saturday night. I'm, I'm going to get back to you on my pick, because, I, and I, I hate to do that. We don't have Meredith or Brittany's pick yet either, So, uh, uh, but so many good cars. Both Butcher Boys are registered. Uh, Dylan Blankhorn, Robbie McEwen won a PEI last week. Congratulations to him. Uh, Troy Burke's on the list. List goes on and on, on and on. Kent Vincent's racing a legend car, by the way, on Friday, yeah. if nobody mentioned that. Uh, he's racing Saturday as well. Uh, it's going to be fun on, on Saturday for you guys. So if you haven't been to Petty Raceway yet this year, borders are now open. Head over there and take in some great racing on Saturday with Brycon Construction 200. Oblinas, Messer, uh, Lonnie Somerville, that it's 23 cars on the entry list. You can head over to timscorner.ca and check out the expected entry list uh, for that race. Obviously, uh, Mr. Noggle uh, going to be there as well. So a uh, huge, huge entry list, huge show uh, Saturday. I wish I could be two places at once um, on Saturday. But we'll, uh, do gonna, it. well, I, if I could clone myself, I would. But uh, you're going to be there. Uh, so we'll, we'll expect the, the report from you. But uh, another guy that's going to be there, and I think we have him on the line, is the driver of the number 33 car in the Heart of a Champion Hot Rod Classics presented by Conrad Brothers. It's Tyler Haas. Tyler, you got a copy on us? I hear you there, Tim. Can you hear hey, me? Uh, we got you loud and clear. Good to uh, good to hear your voice. How are you? Uh, are you ready to go on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to be uh, ready as I'll ever be. Um, tried to get the track for Monday night. 
I had a spot, but uh, got canceled due to the track maintenance. So I had a spot for tomorrow night for practice and got canceled again. So we're going to go up there, uh, try her out uh, unknowingly, I guess. Well, this is a new adventure for you. You've done the four-cylinder deal. You've done the the legend car deal. So how excited are you to hop into a Hot Rod Classics car? I'm pretty excited. I was, uh, I could barely sleep there Sunday night knowing that I was going to get to try her out Monday, but I was a little disappointed. But uh, we're pretty excited for the weekend and just want to get out there and get some laps in her and have some fun. Let's talk about the race car because I, I know Jim has meant a lot to a lot of us. And, and how cool is it to have that car uh, lettered up as the hugger? Uh, that, it's it's really cool, Tim. Um, you know, it all started back with Terry Clattenburg and then uh, Jim took her over with the 33. And, uh, you know, I've known Jim a long time. With, worked with him at uh, Ford Chevrolet for nine years. And, and uh, he got me my first race car. From the track, it was a car the trap track bought back, and uh, he got her brought over on the tilt load, and we went over to Dartmouth Metals and got some pipe and made a roll cage and um, got a big piece of steel for the door plate, and uh, we went racing. I didn't have an idea what to put in for tire pressures. Jim said, "Put this over here in the right front, and you know, thirty in the right rear," and and uh, yeah, we went out there and had a lot of fun. We're joined by Tyler Hawes. If you're on the Facebook page, be sure to drop us a question or a comment and we'll get it to him. Uh, talk about those four-cylinder days. I know you had a lot of success at the end of the uh, the four-cylinder time before you went to Legend Cars. What do you remember most about those Thundercar days? Yeah, no, Tim. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun in uh, Thunder Division there. A lot of Met a lot of good people. And uh, yeah, we got going. I, where did I got my first car was for with Jim. And we ran a couple races that year and, and had the car for the next year. And something happened where I had it in storage and the car got uh, run over by a truck. And so I ended up getting another car and yeah, then it kind of went full time, but uh, no, it was definitely some good racing back in the Thunder days. And that was the times when we were having B features every single night at Scotia Speed World to try to qualify into those races. So uh, what's it like to, to be a part of that heyday, know, knowing now where the car counts kind of dwindled off in Halifax when it comes to the four-cylinder cars? Uh, how cool is it to be a part of that heyday? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, Tim. Um, yeah, I can remember some nights it was pretty near 40 cars. So, yeah, I had to run the B feature to make it in and, you know, I had some of those nights I had to do that first racing off. And, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of competition back then. Kyle Gammon and stuff, he was pretty fast. I remember racing him and Tim Tanner. And I used to, uh, indeed, Matthews used to park beside him week after week. And his mom made the best cookies ever. And, and yeah, no, it was a lot of fun with those guys. Sure. Now, with Kyle Gammon being the new tech guy for the East Coast Mini Stock Tour, those boys are going to have to sharpen their pencils, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, uh, Kyle knows his, uh, his civics. That's for sure. You moved to legend cars, uh, and you've had a lot of success in legend cars and picked up a few feature wins. have done some traveling with that race car. Uh, what do you remember most about getting started in that legend car? Well, I remember Jim called me and he said, um, Robert down at Alpine had a legend car. 
So down, checked it out and it had a fresh rebuild engine. And, uh, you know, I was like, geez, I don't know if I should get into these legend cars. Like it was just seemed like a lot and, uh, and a lot of money to invest into it. And so I thought about it and I said, you know what, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get it, Robert. And he said, yeah, no, right on. So I kind of thought about it for another day or so. And then I, it was, uh, I was on my way to work and I gave Robert a call and he said, uh, I said, you still got that ledger car, Robert? And he said, you know what? He said, there's guys from Newfoundland coming here today to buy it. But he said, if they're not here by five o'clock, he said, it's yours. So he, uh, he called me just after five and said, nope, they never showed up. He said, she's all yours. So I went down and picked her up and it brought her home and it was a whole new learning curve. That's for sure. You know, had some, uh, some rough times at the start there. Got rolled over one night. It was Q104 night. Rolled twice, landed on her wheels. But um, no, started learning a lot more with them and uh, had some help there. Uh, Greg Langell, he was a good good friend to lean on for uh, for some assistance. That was for sure. But, and um, the last couple of seasons, you and Braden had some really classic battles at, at Halifax, especially when you, you hit your stride the last couple of years. You and Braden were going back and forth in a couple of those races. Uh, kind of neat to see, right? Yeah, no, uh, it was great racing with Braden. I knew if he was getting near me, I probably didn't have a great chance at winning the race. But uh, there was a few nights there. I was leading towards the end, and the, the caution started piling up, and, and he caught me. That's for sure. But, uh, no, had some uh, great racing with him. I remember, um, I remember it was the first night I got on the podium. Um you know, I was at the car was pretty near there and we went out to the track and uh, Craig just he, sh- he showed me one thing I wasn't doing right and went out the next night and finished second. Uh, Wayne Farrell, I think, finished first and Braden finished third. And he said he said after the race, he said, right on. Good job. He said, but that's it. No more. I'm not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned those two names with Braden and, and Waylon. That Legends division's kind of been a, a melting pot of talent the last couple of years because you get the the I don't, I don't want to say older guys, more experienced guys like Darren Shearwood and Paul Goulden and and those guys coming down and, and uh, racing and making that their home. And then you've got the Waylon Farrells, the Butchers. Uh, you know, a few years ago it was the Blankhorns. Those guys making their way up. Corey Hall, Nicholas Noggle. Uh, What's it like racing in that melting pot where you have those those youngsters that, you know, have all the aspirations of moving up and then you got those guys that are, are just there to have a little bit of fun? No, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, all those guys, they're great drivers and uh, and are going going places with it. That's for sure. But uh, no, it was fun racing with some of those drivers in their heydays and, you know, might never, ever get to race with them again. But, you know, someone like Cy Harvey. You get to, I got to race with him in the legend car and I'm going to get to race with him again here on uh, Saturday. So no, it's pretty cool. We're live with Tyler Hawes. If you're listening to us, be sure to drop us a question or a comment on the Facebook page. Dylan Langell will get to it. And uh, I guess we'll hand it over to, to Mr. Hot Rod himself. Dylan, uh, you're looking forward to seeing that 33 on the racetrack on Saturday. What do you got for Mr. Tyler Hawes? Oh man, I, you don't even know, uh, Tyler. I've just been seeing this beautiful 33 car all winter, and it's been longer than all winter putting it together. When did you get the chassis? How long you've been working on this Chevy? Um, I picked it up in October and of last year, and kind of looked at it for a bit, thinking, "Wow, I got a Pro Stock sitting in my garage," 
and then uh, took the body off her and checked out the, the chassis and and uh, then ended up getting started with an engine and got a transmission and just kept building her on from there. Yeah, it's been pretty much all winter. So what got you inspired to join the Hot Rod Classics? Because, you know, looking at the entry list for Saturday, it's a lot of guys we would have seen at Scotia Speed World in the early 90s. What got you really the bug, I should say, to join this new series? Well, I was kind of just at the point with Legends era. I kind of I needed to uh, upgrade my engine to get the FZ09. So I I just I seen that uh, vintage class come out, and I I love vintage cars. I got an old '66 uh, Chev C10. I had it since I was 20. Um, so just when that that class came out, I thought it was really cool. I think it was pretty much the only way I'll get to drive a pro stock on the track is in this class and be able to afford it. So, and, and that's, and that's the one thing too, it's hard to cut you off. It, it's about keeping these cars affordable. And, and we've got somewhere we've got guys putting a little more money into it and others who didn't, and they were using stuff that was left over at the shop and using older tires. But um, it, it's going to be such a fun show on Saturday. How pumped are you to get on the track with these other hot rod drivers? No, I'm uh, I'm really excited to get out there this weekend. I hope the, the weather uh, cooperates with us so we can uh, turn some laps up at Petty. But uh, no, can't wait. It's going to be a blast. How do you feel about racing against a couple of Quebecers here? That, that caught my eye when Patty made the announcement that we've got guys doing the 10-hour drive from uh, from just outside of Montreal to come to this race. How cool is that that this series is attracting other Canadians and maybe even Americans when the borders open up. No, that's, that's really cl- uh, cool, Dylan. Uh, to, to get a couple drivers to drive all the way down to, down to New Brunswick there to run 20 lap feature and, and, and be a part of it. Like, you know, that's huge, really. That, uh, that opens up the doors for uh, lots of other cars to come, come from away and, and join the hot rod tour. And no, I think it's a great thing. Patty done an awesome job with it and, and uh, very exciting. Now, of course, you could say that yours is your favorite, the new Hugger. But from the other cars we've seen, the ones we had last year and some of the new ones, which hot rod catches your eye for this year? Um, I, I'd have to say uh, Brian Northup's Nova. Uh, I'm a Chev, hardcore Chev guy. And, uh, no, that's a, that's a badass race guy right there. This Saturday, folks, during the River Glade International, we are going to be kind of mixed in the card, kind of in the middle before the pro stock race and the heading there. Things are going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing that coming up here uh, this weekend. As you mentioned, presented by Subaru Moncton, going to be a great show uh, for the hot rods uh, coming up. But Tyler, I want to kind of ask and go off a question that Dylan mentioned too. Obviously, Cy Harvey's going to be there. You, you mentioned Brian Northrup. We've got a couple of guys from Quebec. Uh, I'm excited to see Lori Hutt back on the racetrack, but is there any one driver that, that you've kind of got on your radar that you're excited to swap some paint with? Um, well, just not really uh, anyone in particular, but pretty much just getting out there and uh, swiping some paint with all the boys, I guess, you know. Just uh, looking forward to just getting out there and uh, trying out my new car, so. 
obviously we come home to Scotia Speed World uh, later on in the season, Petty Raceway, Riverside International Speedway, a trip to Oyster Bed Speedway. Uh, is there any one track you're looking forward to the most getting getting that car into the racetrack? Uh, you know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, Atlantic Cat 250 or uh, Tormont Cat 250 weekend. I think just I got a bunch of people, friends and family around here that want to come and check it out. So uh, that's going to be a big one for me, I think. Now, I know Brent Roy at Speedway 660 made a post this week that he'd love to see those race cars at his racetrack. I talked to Greg Dow, and, and Greg is all for having a hot rod race. So uh, let's let's paint the uh, – let's go outside the box a little bit. Is there one racetrack that's not on the schedule that you'd love to see on there? Well, maybe uh, they bring back Onslow. We don't yeah. like that, but. I mean, I mean, that would make sense, right? Put the hot rods on, on a racetrack that hasn't been around for a while, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Fit get, right Dale, get Dale Jr. up here to clear it up and do a Lost uh, Speedways episode, and then we'll race there. What do you say? No, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and maybe a uh, Seabreeze, too. Absolutely. I, I know Sean was just mentioning Atlantic Speedway. There's there's some old tracks in the past that I, I'm sure the, uh, the hot rods would love to be on. But uh, Denver, what do you got for Tyler Haas tonight? Tyler, I want to ask you a little bit more about that uh, the 2020 season. I know you got some races in, but uh, really an unconventional season. We were dealing with COVID and all that, uh, I guess, not so fun stuff. But uh, 2020 for you, looking back uh, on the COVID season, what are you going to remember most? Um, 2020, it was uh, like you know, it was a slow start, but uh, Petty uh, Petty made it awesome for for us to go racing, really. And uh, I I never raced up at Petty in a legend car till last year prior to that i was up there a few times with the thunder car so uh no it was it was a lot of fun to go up there and we camped out had some drinks and had a good time and made a weekend of it hold, hold on uh i saw you guys at st louis bar and grill on one of those trips you and Braden Langer. then you guys got lost in moncton i think Braden told me oh yeah no uh, we went on tour with Braden there and uh he didn't know his way very well over moncton so <laughs> We ended up getting a cab, cab home. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Denver. <laughs> Those are always fun. Any stories from that night that can be said on the air, or does what happened in Moncton stay in Moncton? <laughs> oh no, you know what? It really was pretty tame, pretty tame outing. Really, we uh, we went out and basically, I don't know, got in the bar. We waited in line forever. I'm not even sure what the name of it was, and uh, we got in there for like. 15 20 minutes and it was it was kind of shitty and we left so <laughs> but uh it was more fun at uh, st louis for sure absolutely always a good time at st louis right uh, tim absolutely i'm banned uh, yeah you're not allowed to go <laughs> how's the uh, how's the toronto maple leaves doing i don't know uh hey keith how are montreal gonna do tonight <laughs> <laughs> how many wins do they have in the stanley cup final one more than tonight. toronto does <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup with broadband internet? Oh, wait. No. <laughs> they haven't won it in your lifetime. Let's put it that way. What, what else do you <laughs> got, Denver? Oh, hard to top the little hockey conversation, which I, I'm content to stay out of for now. Um, uh, but Tyler, um, 2019, second in points, I believe, at Scotia Speed World. Uh, you know, close to that championship, but, uh, you know, any desires to chase championships or, or, or you just want to go out there, have fun, win races? Um, you know what? Uh, I pretty much always 
just try to go for uh, the best finish I can do. Um, you know, you're always hoping to win the race, but, um, and at the end of the year, if things add up, they add up. And if they don't, they don't. But uh, that year they, they were adding up quickly at the end and, you know, we were in, in good contention to get the championship. And I think Tim told me there, he said that at one point in the race, I was leading um, for points, but kind of got jammed up behind the 16 car. And I know he was trying to have a, a good race himself, but uh, it kind of made it, uh, kind of, he kind of made it a little hard to get by there. And it kind of, I wasted a lot of time there and then finally got by and just kind of ran out of time. Ran out of laps, but uh, now it was definitely a great season and uh, glad to get a few wins and, and uh, yeah, enjoy the good times. Is there any one win that, that kind of stands out in your mind that, you know, you really had to work and, and earn, or maybe there was a big crowd, big weekend, anything that stands out, any big wins? Um, it was, I think it was cat two fifty weekend. And so the Friday night, the, uh, the stands were pretty full and it's family and friends there and uh, ended up winning her. So no, it was a pretty good night. That was one of, probably one of the best, um, you know, a great time too. I, I finished third down at Riverside. Corey Hall won the race and Paul got second, but just to finish third in Riverside was, uh, was huge for me. And that was a, a good one too. But um, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I just have one more question because, uh, and I want to ask, you know, with the Hot Rod Classics, a lot of what you hear is kind of the, the show of sportsmanship in that class and, and everything like that. So, uh, you know, what are you kind of expecting for this series in terms of that? Like, it seems to be, a, a, you know, in terms of a series, everyone's there to help everybody if something goes wrong and, and uh, you know, no one's out there to, to race dirty or anything like that. Like, it's, uh, you know, what are you kind of expecting um, for, for the series? Um, no, I, I think it's going to be re really well. Like, uh, it's kind of like a gentleman's class and, um, you know, that's how I like racing myself. I'm not, wasn't one to shove you right out of the way or, or try to take you out or something like that. So, uh, no, I, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. Great with the gentlemen. And, uh, I think it's just going to be some fun racing. It's going to get back to, uh, you know, how it felt when you first started racing and, and you, you just really enjoyed the your passion and pride and and show off your nice race car and turn some laps. Now you mentioned Anaganish and, and the IWK 250 obviously has been deferred for a while, but the heart of a champion, the, the hot rock classics are on the same day as the pro stocks are scheduled. So whenever we get that race in, how cool is it going to be to be on the racetrack the same day as the IWK 250 in front of that crowd? Yeah, no, that's gonna that's gonna be an awesome experience for sure. Uh, I always love that weekend. Usually head down around Wednesday and camp out all weekend, and so uh, I'm looking forward to that. I know they had to move it later on this summer, but uh, it'll be it'll be good to get everyone in there and and get to enjoy the race. But uh, no, it's definitely gonna be a blast to run runner down in Riverside. But as long as you don't run into like Brad Hayes and Travis Rome on like a Thursday night to throw you off off your game, right? Oh yeah, that's that's for sure. Really, that's that, that's just part of the weekend. I think. Yeah, it, looking forward, it, it's going to be a, a great season. Is there anything that you're going to miss from that Legends Division racing weekly on a Friday night uh, that you're not going to be able to do with the Hot Rod Classics? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to miss uh, 
not racing every Friday night and, you know, in the big rush all week to get to Friday night. But, uh, no, a good, uh, good buddy, Jody there, he's going to be, uh, running in it. So I'm just going to help him out every Friday and, and, uh, watch him go out and turn some laps and have, have some fun. That's for sure. Jody's come a long way in the last couple of years and they've got the gear drive deal that they're, they're working on as well. Uh, uh, put the, uh, the crew chief or the, the mentor or whatever you want to call it hat on. Uh, let's talk about Jody Frazier and how far he's come in, in that, uh, in that legend car division. Now he, uh, Jody's come a long way. He never, he, uh, he never raced anything before, um, uh, before the legend class. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot when you first get into one, it's not what you would even expect. That's how I'd put it. But, uh, no, Jody's come a long way. Um, the, the night there, he got the first heat race win. It was the same night for the IWK neurosurgery. And, uh, no, that was a pretty special night. And that was a big, a lot of confidence for Jode. Um, Last year we had had some issues with the car, the engine locked up, and some braking issues and stuff. So it, it just so we're coming back on uh, this year with a, a better, a lot better car than last year, and uh, positive uh, positive um, vibe, I guess. But uh, no, we were out testing, and uh, Joe was pretty comfortable in it, so it, it's good to see. I think he's going to do well. And that's good to hear because I know Jody puts a lot of work in, into that race car. Kind of bouncing around a little bit, though. Uh, back in those Thunder days, I know you did a little bit of touring. Uh, the boys started out the East Coast Mini Stock Tour here a couple of years ago. They'll race with you guys on Saturday night at Petty. Uh, talk about the the evolution in that division that you used to call home and, and uh, what, what you, your thoughts are on this East Coast Mini Stock Tour that's uh, going to kick off on Saturday. You know what? I, uh, I think it's awesome. Um, Drew, he, uh, you know, he, he had some help for sure from, from a lot of people, but, uh, you know what, he, he pulled that off and I think it's an awesome little series. All the drivers love it. They almost prefer it more than a regular race series, like a Friday night deal. And, uh, no, just to watch it, um, from in the start when Drew even told me he was going to do it to now is, uh, is huge really. You know, they, uh, that's off to those guys. Cause, uh, They've done a great job with that series. Now, we just had Sean Pierce in the show, and he was able to hop into Drew's car two years ago at Lake Dowsett. So I guess the question is, is if Drew or anybody else offered you a ride on that on that mini-stop deal to, to kind of go blast in the past, would you, uh, would you hop in the race car? Oh, for sure. For sure, Tim. Yeah, I would love it. Drew, Drew said something about it there one time, so you never know. Uh, maybe we'll get out in his or something. Is there any racetrack that you want to get back at in a four-cylinder car, or maybe one that you haven't tried before? That that if Drew said uh, you get you get your pick of any racetrack on the schedule, where would it be? Either you know what I'd like to go back to Petty, and only because first both times I was at Petty, I was leading the race, and shit went down. But the first one I was leading the race, and uh, my motor seized up, and the second one. We, I think it was Friday night, and they took the cylinder heads off our car, and I just marked the time belt and stuck it back on. I had it out, uh, retired at one tooth. Didn't realize till went up to Petty, and she was wicked in the corner, and on the straight stretch, I just didn't have the power. I led the whole race till the last couple laps, and uh, I forget who it was, guy from New Brunswick anyway. He, he nailed me in the ass end, got me sideways, and all three of them got by, and I got fourth. But, uh, no, when I... Uh, checked her out when i got home i knew something wrong 
but uh, no, I'd like to go back to Petty in, in one of those. It was a, it was a blast. Yeah. That or Riverside. They're planning on racing Atlantic Motorsports Park this year, or at least when, when this COVID deal gets out of the way, any inklings on going road course racing? Actually, I think road course racing would be a blast. Um, I, uh, I, I should have went out with the legend car when they had it. I went out and watched and uh, now it looks, uh, it's definitely a driver's track. It looks like a lot of fun. So maybe an, a new idea for the hot rods. There you go. Be a great idea. <laughs> Perk Dylan's ears up. What do you think of that? Dylan? <laughs> uh, l- let's just get through the OG schedule we have this year, because last year we didn't make it to Scotia speed world. Although we did have the 134 car out, but we also didn't make it to oyster bed. Uh, Tyler, I've never been to the I've never been to Oyster Bed. I'm looking very much forward to this race coming up. What's your experience racing over on the island? Um, you know what? I never raced Oyster Bed Speedway, but I've raced Oyster Bed Drag Strip right beside it years ago. Um, but yeah, no, uh, a lot of people say that PEI is a is an awesome track. They love it's one of their favorite tracks. So I'm looking really forward to uh, running there running there in a pretty near a month away or something. But uh, no, we got the cab and rent it. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, we've got a busy couple of weeks here. We race this weekend, Saturday during the Riverglade weekend. We're off the following weekend. And if we get a race at Riverside and things are looking good that we're going to progress to phase four here in Nova Scotia, I'd have to assume that the hot rods are probably on that card as well. And then the 31st, if everything goes well, we should be at Oyster Bed. A lot of ifs, though, Tim, because of what's going on. We're in the right direction, but there's still a lot of ifs at the moment. Yeah, and it comes to gathering limits as well. And, you know, spoke to Robbie a little bit, and uh, they're allowed, I think it's three 150-person bubbles, so it puts them at 450 people in the grandstands. And uh, the economics of trying to bring in touring series isn't really that great uh, when you have to pay them to come in and you only have 450 fans to kind of make the money off of. Uh, but I, the only backtrack a little bit on that AMP deal. The only time I got to do a lap around that place was with Alan Curry in the pace car back about 10 years ago. And you know how Alan used to drive those pace cars around. Uh, he, he gave me a a thrill for about two laps. Uh, uh, it's, it's a, they call it the roller coaster. It's one of those racetracks that you really have to check out, uh, going forward. But, uh, Tyler, with the first race coming up this weekend, what are your expectations going in? Uh, are we gonna? Do you want a checkered flag? Do you want to get the thing out there? What's what? What are your goals, expectations, forecasts for the weekend? Really, just to you know, it's always be great to get a checkered flag. But honestly, I just like to get it out there, and hopefully, everything works out well. Just where I never got to practice with it. Um, you know, and just finish respectably, but anything better than that, uh, definitely be a bonus. That's for sure. For the first week. And we had Tyler Hallahan on the show here last week, and we were talking about your race car. He's his car is deckled up as a one thirty three, uh, dedicated to his grandfather. So how cool will, will that be to, you know, when we get down the road, maybe to Scotia and both of them are at the racetrack at the same time to, to kind of catch up with Tyler. Yeah, no, uh, that's really awesome. Uh, lightning car that Tyler got there and it was a great tribute to his grandfather. Uh, he'd be uh, super proud of uh, Tyler. That's for sure. No, I uh, can't wait to see him on the track. I think he's really excited to get out there and, uh, and go at her. That's for sure. 
So New Brunswick is pretty much wide open per se. They're, they've got more capacity than we do. Border is open. They can go up and check out some racing. So uh, for those that are listening that are sitting maybe in Nova Scotia that want to see some race cars on a racetrack, give us our best sales pitch as to why they should be at Petty this weekend. Well, where else would you want to be is in Petty this weekend, right? You know, you can go camping, but you can go camping and watch racing at Petty. So, you know, it's kind of like a win-win. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you love racing, I think you'll be there. That's for sure. Uh, pro stocks are on the card. I, I know we, we've got our little fantasy deal going on here on, on the show. Who do you see winning that race on Saturday night? Because I know you're a race fan, too. Who do you see winning that pro stock race on Saturday night? I'm going to say uh, it's going to be one of the butchers, but I'm not going to say which one. Uh, so that's that's two. So you, you have to pick one, don't you? Well, I, don't, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Jared. I think okay. Jared's going to get his first win this weekend. And uh, yeah, no, that's my pick. There you go. That that makes sense. I I know you don't do it alone. I I know you got a, a crew that helps you get to the racetrack, and I know you got some sponsors on that race car. Who makes this whole deal happen for you? Well, I got a, I got a good group of friends and I got a wife who just is unbelievable for putting up with me and the amount of time that I uh, spend working on race cars in the garage. And so, you know, it's pretty much owe it all to her, but no, I got the, I got some good friends. That's for sure. Uh, I got my buddy, Mike and Jody and AJ and Cal and, and uh, Nathan and Shane and, Kyle, them, them guys pretty much show up every week that they can. And, uh, you know, you get like some of the Travis's guys, they, you know, where they're not really racing a whole lot right now. You know, they're always, when they're around, they're always there for help too. It's uh, got a great group, but I uh, know I got some, I got some great sponsors and some sponsors that I had for a long time, right. When I first started uh, running uh, Thundercar, I got Fred M. Dumpy construction. They've been, pretty much sponsoring me since day one. Um, you know, for Fred there, he does a lot for the track and selling sponsors, second place in sports and series, and, you know, so kind of got some racing in the, the family with Michelle and that being her dad. But uh, now I had some other great sponsors. I got Chip Harbor auto down there in Chip Harbor. I got Ralph's Ralph's diners right across the road. Uh, those guys are awesome can't beat him and uh you know i got brian leslie he's been sponsoring me from uh day one leslie construction and i got um clean earth and troy from clean earth there uh he's been on board for the last few years you know i got uh lead and edge construction good friends ours darren jen there uh, they were also on travis's car and and on uh, my car there now. So no, they're uh, definitely a great help for sure. Uh, who else do I got? I got McKinnon and Olden. That's where I work. They help out big time. He's forgetting everybody. I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have though. You got so many great supporters there, Tyler. No, I got a lot of help there uh, for sure. Uh, who else? Aaron's faster blaster. Aaron O'Brien. He's on the car. I got. Uh, what's I got? This is terrible. 
it's the it's it. the first run for the season. We'll, we'll right, give you right. cut you a break. Okay. <laughs> we'll do this all over again on Saturday night, eh? When you win the okay. race, I'll, I'll have it right for then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyler, this has been great catching up. Uh, looking forward to seeing that car on the racetrack on Saturday. Uh, wish you all the best. Good luck and go have some fun. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Tyler Hawes, driver of the number 33 car. You'll get to see him with the Heart of a Champion Hot Rod Classics uh, presented by Conrad Brothers in the Subaru of Moncton feature coming up on Saturday at Petty International Raceway. Did I get them all, Dylan? Yes. Okay. You're better than me. <laughs> I, I got to try to do something. Uh, Denver, we're excited for this weekend because not a, let's talk about Saturday. We'll talk about Friday first because I think our next guest is going to be racing on Saturday. We're trying to connect with Neil Muse, but... Friday night, Scotia Speed World. We've been working on this for three years. We are going to be live from Scotia Speed World. Audio, video, Friday night. If you're listening to us here on Tim's Corner on the Listen Live, uh, you'll be able to listen to the show on Friday night. Uh, you'll be able to watch it live beginning uh, on Friday at 7. Uh, all that information is at timscorner.tv, scotiaspeedworld.ca. Uh, for somebody, Denver, that hasn't been able to make a Friday night show in Halifax, how excited are you to, to get the, the little look behind the curtain of what we do on Friday nights? Tim, I am thrilled. It's awesome. You know, this has been, uh, like you said, you've worked on this for so many years and it's finally coming to fruition. And, uh, you know, to be able to see, I've heard so many great things about the Car Star Weekly Racing Series at Scotia from the Sportsman Division to the Legends, the Thunder and the Lightning uh bandoleros i'm really looking forward to it and you know i've got to see a lot of those drivers race at other tracks like a uh, you know at iwk 250 weekend or at petty international raceway um but this is the first time i'm going to be able to get to watch them do their own thing at their home track so i am very much looking forward to friday night and you know it's going to be a big deal because your guys season's a little bit delayed so to finally get back on the track is going to be uh, pretty sweet no late model sportsman on Friday night was announced today. Uh, they are off for the weekend uh, to take in the, the Riverglade International. Uh, we will have the Strictly Hydraulics and Industrial Supply Legend Division, uh, the Bandoleros, the Torsec Thunder, and the Torsec Lightning Division. Uh, Seven o'clock Friday night. Elsa's going to get out of the way. We're going to go racing. Uh, all the information at scotiaspeedworld.ca. Uh, Saturday night, Denver, you are excited, I'm sure. Firecracker 50, Firecracker Demolition fireworks the thunder is back the atlantic modified tour is going to be there uh uh with the uh, all-star auto center 35 so it's going to be a packed night in miramichi it sure is i am really looking forward to it you know it, it's going to be a tough act to follow uh the day of eights was over the top figure eight trailer race what more could you ask for but uh, we're going to try uh, about 15 16 bombers expected uh for the firecracker 50 some Big names. Uh, we're working on some special guests. It's going to be a big race. Uh, Barry likes the big trophies. This is the Bombers' big trophy, four foot tall, something like that. Uh, so you what, said you said special guests. Does that mean Brad Mann's coming? I haven't heard of Brad Mann's uh, coming. He's more than welcome. Brad Mann is a former Firecracker Fifty winner. In, he is a seven time champion. Yeah, he, he is a seven time <laughs> champion. Um, uh, but uh, you know, looking forward to that demolition is always craziness. Uh, the modifieds always put on a great show in Miramichi, and, and you know we have the mini stocks too. Um, and, and our guest that's about to join us uh, has won both of the races so far this year. So uh, it, those have been some really good mini stock races. I dare say that the mini stock racing in Miramichi is the best I've ever seen it. So uh, looking forward all around to everything about the show on Saturday. 
Yeah, perfect this season in feature competition when it comes to the mini stock division. Our next guest is joining us now, Neil Muse. Neil, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, so far, so good. Uh, how are you prepared for Saturday night? Are you excited to get going back at your home racetrack? Well, yeah, it's nice to be back home racing around local fans and local people that you know. But you know me, I'd rather maybe be a petty. <laughs> but you've got the point lead. I, I, I know you don't like to chase points, but two races, two wins, leading Rob Poirier in the points. I don't think the season could have gone any better to start off, but I'll ask you, could, could the season have gone any better to start off in 2021? Absolutely not. Being able to be the first ones to race, uh, getting the first checkered flag of the year, uh, getting Miramichi, my home track win off my bucket list. Um, that's a couple of great achievements. Um, but the point lead, um, I've been in that situation many times and never held it. So I'm not, uh, not holding that. Never know. Racing's racing. Now, for those that, that don't know the name Neil Muse, they, they should after the last couple of years. You started racing in Fredericton. So how did you get your start in, in race cars with the, uh, I guess it was the Sharpshooters, right? Yeah, I lived in Fredericton, and I met a bunch of people that was involved in racing. Uh, Ricky Arbo was one of them. You know the name Ricky Arbo and your RC racing or online racing you guys do. I'm not into that, but uh, Ricky Arbo and Ira Farnell were friends of mine and the McKinnon family, the Goodwin family, Billy Crosman, those are all people that got me into racing in Ferguson. I started in 2012 in Ferguson, and if it wasn't for those guys, I went to the track a couple of years watching them, watching them, and then I wanted to try it so bad. And I have bad road rage, so I figured, well, I can go fast. So why not get into a race car? And I drove forklift for a living, so I figured tight perspective, depth perspective, and I can fit in tight spaces with a forklift, and I can go fast. So first feature, first car I got into was a Ford Tempo for Speed Weekend. My neighbor gave me an old car that he had and got that geared up and brought it to Speed Weekend. And what fun that was, I was hooked. The following year, I had a Sunfire, and away I went in the Sharpshooter Division. And that Sharpshooter Division, you mentioned 2012, about the time where it started to really take off. Uh, you raced with those those Kyle McKinnon guys, the Luke McLaughlins, the Justin Coles, those guys that are kind of coming through. Uh, how cool was it at the time to, to see those guys really launch their racing careers too? Yeah, they're a great bunch of guys. I started a little before Kyle McKinnon started racing, but he was a good mentor. Kyle's a good mechanic. He he runs a shop there in Lincoln Auto in Ferguson. Uh, if it wasn't for Kyle helping me mechanic-wise and his cousin Bill Crosman, those are the two really that really got me on the track every week. Uh, Kyle with the work at the shop and Bill with the knowledge of he was a guy who can just watch a race car go around and see you need more wedge, more toe, more air, more this, try this, try that. So he pushed me to my limits and between them two, that's pretty well where I got. And anyway, you know my other half back then, we won't talk about that, but it pushed me a lot and uh, I moved places and places and traveled and like they probably call me the little hobo racing, but I've been everywhere. It's like 
tried every track from here to Sydney to Yarmouth. To, I even this time last year posted on my memory today a PI trip. Me and Corey, uh, Corey Miles, yeah, great time that was. Finished second on a feature, first time there. Started from the back, but got DQ'd for a half a degree in the right front. So, but great experience. It was a fun day. Me and Corey got to hang out together, and it was a great trip. Those are always the best stories, and that was a pro stock tour night, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure. We were on our way to Scotia, I believe. We got rained out, and there was a race in Petty and one in PEI same night. And messaged Corey and I said, "Where are we going?" He said, "Well, never been to PEI." I said, "Well, all right, let's go." So we just randomly packed up and went to PEI. It was an adventure and it was a great time. Don't regret doing that. But me and Corey hung up together. We were both having uh, our time and had a great chat that weekend. And probably one of the weekends that turned me around. Like racing, you know, you meet a lot of family and say racing is another family. Like last year I was in the same scenario, just in the other province in Nova Scotia. I was living in Middleton area with the the fan Somerset, a good buddy of mine helped me out through racing. It was the other way around. Last year, racing started in Yarmouth before New Brunswick. So, and I was fortunate to be racing up there in the Honda division that they had. So, I raced Lake Doucette. So, then I tried every track. The only one I haven't done was the AMP. And I look forward to maybe trying that September if it, if it allows me. We're joined here this evening by Neil Muse, the point leader at Speedway Miramichi in the mini stock division. You mentioned all those racetracks and uh, I, I think the last couple of years, obviously, started at 660, moved to Scotia Speed World. Uh, you're now in Miramichi. It comes down to drivers, racetracks, and you've excelled at every single one that you've been at. Uh, what's what? What do you take to to get so good at those racetracks? What uh, what makes those Neil Muse sort of racetracks, those drivers racetracks? Well, for people who know me, I have a different driving style than most. Like people try to. Kind of go around long way and cut, try dive into the corner and swing around and power out. And I'm pretty aware of what's around me. Most people would say I'm a clean driver. Uh, I try to be, but you know, everybody races hard and try to get in there. And if you don't race hard and get in there, you're never going to get to the front. And that's usually what you try to do. Try to stay as close as possible. And when you get that chance to, to go, you go. So to get the win on Rob the first of the year, he come on the lap tires, and I was watching him the first time, and he didn't go up. And then I said, well, if he gets to those lap tires again, I'm not giving him no chance. And he just gave me that split second to get around the lap tire and him before he went. So that was my opportunity to, to take the lead there with, I believe, four laps to go and was able to hang on. But uh, – Rob's a great driver. He's got a fast car on the straightaway with that Acura. And I was just able to be consistent and keep up with him. Race number two was uh, cautions and BJ Gillespie battling out with Rob, so slowing him down a little bit. I was able to move my way up slowly and hang on again. So with racing becomes a little bit of talent and a little bit of luck, as everybody knows. So I'll take both. <laughs> 
we're kind of bouncing around here a little bit, but I want to ask you about race three coming up this weekend. It's a 30 lap feature scheduled. And uh, I was talking to JR and Chantel a little bit earlier on this week. They're planning on coming back uh, with the border open. They're planning on making the trip. Uh, New Bro- or, uh, Speedway 660s off. So you might see a couple of those guys hop up and race. So uh, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? And uh, JR hasn't lost a race that he's been at that racetrack. Since Denver, how long? It's been 12 races, 14 races, something like that? 12 races. He's won his last 12 starts. So what would it mean, Neil, to beat J.R. Lawson this weekend? Well, thanks for the pressure. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) anyway, uh, we'll give her my best shot because uh, since I won the feature last time, I obviously going to be starting at the back again. So with J.R. being a very good driver, very good competitor, uh, I think I have my work cut out for. And Chantal, though, she's on his side. Obviously, she's a right hand, uh, right hand lady to that driver. And I've obviously got all the knowledge or most from him. And uh, they do well in Miramichi, so it'll be tough competition. And a few of the Fredericton drivers are pretty good competition as well. So it could be interesting. But I just try to be consistent and maybe stay one ahead of Rob or one behind Rob, very close to Rob. Maybe consistency usually helped me pretty good over the years. Uh, I did get a few big uh, top threes and season-wise in 660 in Scotia, even one in the East Coast Mini Stock Tour. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty – try to keep consistent and keep my car out of trouble and bring her home and bring her back the next week to put on a show. I usually try to like to put on a show for the fans and, that's what it's all about, actually. We talk about the big names in the sport, and when you talk pro stock racing, obviously the last couple of years has been guys like Butcher and Blankhorn and, and Ashton Tucker and Jonathan Hicken. We look at four-cylinder division now, and, and we see, you know, the J.R. Lawson's, the Rob Poirier's, the uh, used to be Mike Weagles before he moved up, the, the Mike Edwards, uh, those guys, the Dave Matthews and, and, and Jesse DeVos at home here, and uh, what's it like to have your name right up there with those guys winning all these races and being a contender every time you come to the racetrack? Well, I feel pretty proud of myself from where I started and where I am now, mostly because I've never really been a mechanic. I don't really know much about a uh, mechanic. Like, I can't change a motor by myself. I'll admit that to you right now. I have to pay someone or get somebody to help me to do that. I've never had a garage. I've already always worked outside in, in the rain or open trailer trying to get my car to the racetrack. Um, most times by myself, uh, I head from place to place, travel, like I said, travel from Sydney to BEI to Yarmouth, all alone, just uh, trying to go and put on a show for kids and fans that love racing. And then again, as most people that do race, once you get into a race car, you're hooked. And you cannot just... Uh, give it up. Like I, I had one mini stock I sold before and then moved back to Nova Scotia. And like you mentioned, names like Jesse DeVoe, great competitor, great friend of mine who built me this race car that I have right now, actually. So wasn't for Jesse, I probably wouldn't be racing again because between him and I mentioned Stefan Somerset uh, hooked me up with a race car and parts and to get me back on the racetrack because they want an extra car in Yarmouth and so thankful to those guys to help in racing and, and people like the McFees, same bunch in Yarmouth that helped me out with some parts and uh, lodging went up in Yarmouth, and, which then again, make do set a great place and 
sure you're probably going to ask me this question, but I'll answer you now. Probably my favorite racetrack and best place to race that I've been to. So make do set. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a great racetrack. People are awesome. Uh, we had Sean Pierce on the show earlier that, that kind of echoed the same thing. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to getting back there, but you, you talked about Jesse and, and Stefan and, and those guys that have helped you out with, with this race car. I want to bring up a name and that's Scott Williams. Cause I know he was huge in, in helping uh, a lot of folks out when it, when it comes to, uh, to this Honda deal. And uh, I know Scott hasn't been feeling the greatest, hasn't been to the racetrack in a while, but uh, what can we say about Scott Williams? Cause I know he's uh He's been a great influence in your career, too. He sure has. Scott helped me out in the start of my career, in my rookie season. Uh, took me and Darren Fleming, another great competitor and friend of mine that was racing, uh, gave us his knowledge and his time and uh, put a lot of effort into my car. He never led me the wrong way. So, Scott Williams, thanks a lot, buddy, for everything he did for me. Um, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be where I am either, because a lot of late nights, I loaded my car and drove to your house, and we fixed whatever and had to be at the racetrack for next day or another racetrack. And, and yeah, I, I hope he's doing well. And actually, we were kind of touching base the other day, and he said, "Well, the border is open. I might come down and tune up your car for you, buddy. I need to." I said, "Well, you're always welcome to tune up my car, buddy." So, Scott Williams, if you're listening, you're welcome anytime to come and tune up my car. <laughs> We're going to have to get him on the show at some point because I know the stories we could tell could probably take up a two-hour show with, with Scott. But uh, uh, I want to ask you about is something that we talked to Sean Pierce about a little bit earlier. I know when you had the Matt Warren car that uh, we – and we had the cameras in the car one of those nights were to see you shift at Scotia. Uh, with this new race car, and I, I never really paid a whole lot of attention to Miramichi. Are you still shifting around that, that racetrack a couple of times a lap? Uh, I'm not shifting a mirror machine now because I'm running uh, 15 inch tires. So um, I was shifting when I was running the 13 inch legend tires for the gear ratio. And yeah, I, I've been shifting a whole lot. Scotia. Well, speaking of Lake Doucet again, around that racetrack, you're going downhill and uphill. There was four shifts going around that racetrack. So we did a 75 lap feature in Lake Doucet and uh, four shifts around the racetrack, 75 laps. So and I finished third. So I, I was pretty consistent on my shifts and my spots. And, uh, yeah, I did that at Scotia as well, which everybody else had built transmissions and right gearing. And I was just shifting away and trying to keep up. And as you know yourself, I did pretty good at Scotia. I got rookie of the year in 17. Uh, won a Thunder on the Hill. So that was a pretty big win. Um, got a third place overall in my rookie season. Third place again after. Two years, I think I did third place overall two years at Scotia and won at 660 and won in the tour. So I never won a championship and leading in the right direction this year, but and again, knock on wood and it's racing, so you never know. We're here with Neil Muse, driver of the number 71 car. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to drop us a question or a comment. Dylan's looking over there with the, uh, the the good thing about no video tonight is that we can kind of be a little more loose. The bad news is that we had the shift video all ready to go. Uh, we'll have to share that tomorrow on the Facebook page, getting ready for uh, for Saturday. But uh, Denver, you've got to see Neil race this year. Uh, what do you got for uh, the point leader in the mini stock division? Well, I got to say, Neil, I'm really looking forward to Saturday and seeing if you can uh, – keep the streak alive and keep those wins coming. But uh, I want to kind of go back to June 20th. I know we, we've talked about that race in Miramichi, but uh, you 
did something pretty impressive that day. You won the feature and you loaded up and you uh, beat her down uh, the 126 for uh, for Petty Raceway and hit two tracks in one day. So how did the race at Petty go that day for you? Uh, not so well as Rob's, but uh, it was just another thing off my bucket list. I always wanted to do two tracks, two tracks one in one day. So this way here, I got to do that. I raced two racetracks in one day. I can always say I did that, which I kind of regret doing it now because I got bumped in, in the end of the race while Rob was trying to pass us for the lead. And now I'm curious to see if my car is still the same with the little bit of adjustments I did for Mirror Machine. So I put my nose where it didn't belong, and that's what I get. But... Uh, I think I'm going to go up tomorrow night and try it up in open practice and see if I can tune her up the same or better or close anyway. I know you've talked about the big races. There's two 50-lap races coming up in the next few months at Speedway Miramichi, one on August 7th and one as part of the fall shootout on October, I believe, 2nd. Um, you know, are you looking forward to those big 50-lap races and, and seeing how you can uh, fare you know, in, in that big show? Well, I always like uh, big races because, uh, like I said, I'm always a guy that seems to be uh, patient and consistent and try to move my way little by little. But uh, yeah, the more laughs, the more time. You never know. But, uh, like I said, I did pretty good in some big races. Third overall in 75 laps in Yarmouth. Those little civics for... 50 laps. It's, it's pretty good. It's about what they can handle. I wouldn't like pushing it too much more, but uh, it's always a good competition when you're racing, and uh, it's always a challenge. So, like I said, I like putting on a show for the fans, and if I can bring my car home in one piece, we'll have success. Absolutely, and that's it. I think most drivers can agree to bring the car home in one piece at the end of the night is successful. Um, I want to talk some more about your wins. You've had some uh, all over the place, I guess, all over the board. Uh, what would you say is your your, uh, your biggest win or the win that stands out the most in your mind as being the most special? Uh, I would say the year I moved to Nova Scotia. I'm not sure the year 15 or 16, but I moved to Nova Scotia, took my Cavalier up there with me um, and made it back to and for the season opener and won that night all the way all the way from kentville nova scotia to Fredericton to win the, the season opener with a cavalier in a class that i had left and, and i believe it's the only race i did that year or i come back speed weekend and broke an axle or wasn't so lucky anyway but just to come back home from moving away and winning the feature on opening day was pretty pretty good i would say that's be the most memorable for me I asked this question to Dave and then Matthews. Oh. Would be the next one. And I can I can attest to the emotion in Victory Lane that day when you got that win was uh, at, you know that was a pretty cool moment to see you know you got that win in Miramichi and the emotion uh, you don't see that very often from drivers so that one definitely was special. Well, yeah, just uh, being home and uh, my little boy being in the fans and uh, winning it for him. And- him cheering on has made it very special. So he was there, my lucky charm. He was there for both of them. So and Saturday is a late night race. So uh, you guys better move the minis before the street stop again so you can watch it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, (coughs) excuse me, hopefully things go smooth and uh, we'll have the whole show uh, in before it gets past the bedtime for sure. But uh, before I throw it back to Tim, I want to ask you one more question. I kind of brought this up to uh, Dave Matthews the other week when he was on the show, but uh, we saw these outlaw races become a thing last year for the mini stocks. You know, there was one at Speedway 660. I believe the Center for Speed did one. Uh, Miramichi did one. Uh, what did you think of those outlaw races? And for you, um, you know, not that you want to give away any secrets, but, you know, did did you just run your car as is or, or did you uh, have some tricks up your sleeve that, you know, maybe you don't want to tell uh, so no one else uses them? But what did you think of those outlaw races? Uh, they're pretty fun. They make it uh, interesting. For people that have cars that can't compete or people that want to try different, uh, like you said, different thing. I know people use different tires last year, but I didn't have anything. I just ran legend tires. And uh, actually now I tried the, the 15 inch mirror machine, which worked way better for my transmission. So it was really nothing running legend tires. So. And one of the guys almost put a fuss about you guys running it this year, but uh, it's then again, the legend tires are almost uh, getting absolutely defined, and the legend cars changed the Hoosiers last year, and they're going to probably keep changing to something else, and the four-cylinder division are not going to be able to follow, and with the mini stock tour opening up the different models and 16-inch tires now, so... I figured I might as well just uh, get used to a radial tire and uh, have more choices and better gearing. So it's working out for me so far. Like, uh, hope it continues, but uh, you never know. I'll ask. I'll ask this question, and, and I know Lawrence is going to be at me after I ask it. But uh, you, you're now away from that Thunder Division at Scotia. Car counts dwindling. Uh, what would if you were the tech guy for a day? What would you do to try to save that division? Well, not be so hard on a fella. I uh, I got DQ'd at Scotia last year for uh, I think a quarter of an inch off of my wheelbase uh, the week before. Sorry, the week after I hit a wall. So for most people, they'd be thankful that I showed up at the racetrack to put on a show for them. But, uh, you know, with a twisted car finishing second or first, I don't remember getting DQ'd, ruined my chance at a championship at Scotia over a quarter of an inch, I believe, a half an inch. I'm not sure. But either way, a half an inch on the wheelbase, uh, to me, didn't make any sense. Uh, so if they'd be a little more lenient and that cars just come in half play, I've seen him turn away cars for, uh, you know, something like a window or something like, yeah, let him run that one night and tell him not to come back. But I don't know. Lawrence is a nice fella. Scotia treated me well, but I can't say nothing bad, but, uh, just a little more leniency over the guys, especially a four cylinder division. We're just trying to have fun, but, uh, just like any other division, we all want to win and we all find our little gray areas. So, it is what it is. I leave it there. I'm not going to be there, but everybody else, I nothing personal. But I just had to move for family and reasons. So you mentioned AMP a little bit earlier, but you've you've done a lot of these big four cylinder races. You've been a part of these big weekends. Is there anything on your bucket list that you haven't been a part of that you kind of want to do before your racing career is over, mini stock wise? Yeah, I'd like to win a championship. Uh, that most people have said, like, uh, 
they all have tattoos. I said, I'd only get my first tattoo on me when I win the, the championship. So a racing championship will put a tattoo on my arm for sure. And uh, that's the only time I get one. And uh, I'd like to win like a East Coast mini stock tour race because I've never won one of them. Third place, I think the best I ever got. And just like any other guy, I'd like to win a feature race at every track, maybe. But other than that, uh, racing has been treating me good. Like meet a lot of people, a lot of friends, and uh, just hope it don't have to blow a motor like uh, on the last lap or something. Just don't do what Dave did uh, <laughs> in October, right? Yeah. Blow, blow that motor while he was ahead yeah, of everybody else. I even raced the dirt, the Valley Raceway. That's how much that did. And that's another thing. The only race we had there for the East Coast Mini Stock Tour, I was leading by a half a lap and I blew a motor. That's what happened. And Jesse DeVoe won. I could have said I would have been the only race winner ever in the race, dirt track racing, but I passed it on to a good buddy, Jesse DeVoe. So he owes you one, right? Racing for Bob Landry. Yeah, so he owes no, you he owes, one. He, he repaid everything. No, he repaid everything. Jesse treated me good. If it wasn't for Jesse, I probably wouldn't be here with parts or help or a lot of things racing related. So I'm sure he paid off his dues. Speaking of dirt, a guy that's seen a lot of dirt racing around here. Dylan, what do you have for, for Neil? Well, Neil, it's uh, it's. Sorry, my mic might have went a little loud there. Neil, it's good to see you. I was so excited I got so loud there for a second. I've been so happy to see you do so well here uh, at Speedway Miramichi. But, yeah, a little dirt racing. Uh, what, what do you think of Old Valley Raceway? You've been there once or twice before. It was different from Pave. It was a really good experience. But uh, never had great luck there either. Like I said, first time I blew a motor racing a 55 car for Bob Landry leading the race for the East Coast Mini Stock Tour. Uh, then I drove the Sonic 20 for Stefan Somerset, and I was leading a couple, three times there, and then caution and restart, and I believe a speed sensor let go one time. I think I broke a timing belt just going out to the track one day, waiting in line. So I had a leading, the, I was gonna start on the pole in the future, at the Valley Raceway and broke a timing belt going out. So just bad luck at Valley Raceway, but overall it's a different experience, different from Pave, and really fun for something to try for sure. So I got that off my bucket list as well. What do you think of that four-cylinder division where we've got Hondas, we've got old Sunfires, Cavaliers, but lately, at least in 2019, it was all younger kids really racing in it like we had some 14 year olds racing in that division what'd you think of that well that's another thing like it's uh racing and respect goes together and you go along a partner or somebody that puts a lot of time and money into their car um you don't want to really beat and bang into it like a 13 or 14 year old that can't turn a wrench or daddy's doing the work or a junkyard car or no paint or no time into it is going to be more likely to be careless and run in the side of you and make that dash for the win at Valley Raceway. 
that's like a mini stock tour guy who races on paid, who spends a lot of money or gets sponsors and, you know, maintains their car a little more, not want to be beaten and trashing like they do. What advice would you give an asphalt mini stock driver going to Valley Raceway for the first time? We still have no word if we are racing anytime soon, but if and when someone has never been there before, what advice would you give them? Well, you have to make the turn before the turn, if that makes any sense. Like you have to turn the steering wheel before you get to the turn because it's not paved. You don't have the grip right away, so your wheel's got to be turning before it gets that that little rut in the corner, and you it's, it's a little different, but people who know how to race will figure it out pretty quick. But it's not like pavement. You just don't turn when you get into the turn. You have to turn way before the turn. That'd be my advice. The cool thing with the dirt track, and we do experience it at Valley, is the track changes. Like those first few heat races, it, it can be a little sloppy. Cars are really slipping and sliding. And by the end, I mean, it's kind of like we saw with the NASCAR dirt race at Bristol. That place gets hard as asphalt. How is it for you when it transitions from kind of slippy sloppy to completely rough by the end? Well, you're, you're so correct. Because the first time you're out, you get one heat and it's really muddy and you do the turn and you can't even steer. You go up the bank or down and mud flying all over your windshield. And, and then by the feature, like I said, it's hard as a rock. It's almost like you are on pavement, but not, not quite yet, but a little rough and bouncing around. And, but you do have a little more traction by the time you get to the third round and the track's been pat down by the bigger cars and, it does get better. Have you had a Valley Raceway burger there? Yes, I did. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw it to food before we throw it back to Tim. Uh, favorite food around the Maritimes at the racetracks? I mean, every track's kind of got their specialty item. What's your favorite, Neil? I don't eat on race day. Everybody knows me, knows that. I don't have any food on race day. I can't do it. I'm so nervous. I puke all day long. Uh, you're you're not the only one. I know we've had a few guests on the show that that do the same thing. Uh, you've been around race tracks and you've you've raced with a lot of race car drivers. Uh, is there any one or two race car drivers that that are your favorite to race with? When you look at an entry list or you look at the pits and say, okay, well, I'm I'm going to have a good day because these guys are here. And is there anybody that that you know you look and say, oh, not him again? Uh, I don't know. Cody Burns from PEI. I, I like running, walking to her. Showing up to a racetrack and Cody being there, uh, it's always great help. Uh, always seems to be happy guy to be at a racetrack. Always got a trailer full of parts or tools or anything you need. Cody Burns from PEI is always there. Um, say Dave Matthews, another guy. It's always good competition. You know he's going to be tough to beat. Probably going to beat you, but he'll always help you run you clean. Jesse's another guy that's always been with us at Scotia and around. And, but to me, and Jason Pickles, well, you know, always good to have around for a lap, but, uh, which I like to see Jason do real good this year. If, uh, if I'm not around, well, I'll cheer for Jason. What do you think about that new style Honda that he has? Uh, I'm not sure. So I've never drove one myself, but, uh, hard to say. 
uh, time to bring some new stuff into the the class because the old eighty nine ninety one they're getting hard to find and uh, he said Scotia has to combine the two divisions together. So maybe if you introduce a few of them and a few years time, maybe we can have another Honda division. Or this seems to be going in, in trends like six sixty. When I started, there was twenty twenty two four cylinders, and it went right down to eight or nine for a few years, and then now they're right back up into the twenties. So it, it changes, time changes. Uh, you know, I, feel, I, I think COVID uh, is hard for racing, but uh, I think tracks are doing well. When they're actually open, people want to be there, so it, uh, it attracts the fans. So when we do open up Cool Bloom, I think the racing business is going to be even better. And uh, winning a few races in Miramichi, well, I haven't had many sponsors over the few years, and uh, I actually picked up a couple over the few weeks, so... Uh, I announced it a couple on my Facebook page, and I think I have another one contacting me tomorrow. So, you know, that's what racing's all about, advertising, and, and they can help out the little teams like me get to the racetrack and buy a tire or part, finally take off that rusty part and put a new one on, maybe. I, I want to get to the sponsors in just a moment. We'll give them their due in just a moment, but uh, I want to talk about that car itself. Cause we've said it a couple of times. We've told the story on the Facebook page, but for those that might not know where your paint scheme came from, where did that uh, yellow and, and uh, accent at 71 come from? Well, there was a little hot wheels car that I had. It was painted uh, just like that yellow with the stripe and uh well, Stefan Somerset's son, uh, like Team Sonic, the cartoon, and so he started Team Sonic. So he had a Sonic character, and he wanted me to be Tails. So I wanted to paint a car yellow or Tails color. So I saw that and decided I was going to match the car to it. But uh, this year I changed it up again a little bit because uh, I got the car hauled down from uh, Nova Scotia from. Uh, Riding dirty auto hauling and uh, took it off the trailer, brought it to Miramichi, and won the feature with it without even touching it. So then I decided I was going to fix it up a little bit. And gray paint's all I had in my dad's garage. So that's what I did to it. We mentioned those sponsors. Next year, I'll bring it back. Well, there you go. And next year, after you got that championship, put that championship sticker on it, and then you can do whatever you want to with it, right? Yeah, I'd like to change it all over again, have something different. But I did like the Hot Wheels thing, so I might freshen up the body and do it again. But we'll see. Time will tell. So if anybody out there has any Hot Wheels ideas for Neil for next year, submit them now. It's plenty of time in advance that we can we can figure something out for them. Uh, sponsors on the race car. I know you got a couple of, of new sponsors that have hopped on board this, this year. With the wins come the sponsors. Who do you got in the race car? Uh, I have uh, MH Renovations, uh, Matthew Noel from Nigoac to reach out for me. He's going to sponsor, he wants to be on the hood, so primary sponsor, so that's a big one. Uh, I didn't get his logo yet, but he's going to meet me sometime this week. Hopefully I have it on the car for the weekend. Uh, JT Garage, which is a garage down here in Bay St. Anne, which uh, is going to help me with tire change and uh, 
think they sponsored me a tire this year and uh, mechanic help if I need it. Um, RGM uh, auto hauling, which is Roger Mills out of Logieville. Uh, he's going to help me out. And so if you need anything hauled or transport or demo cars moved around, Roger Mills is your guy to call. And uh, basin and seafood, where's uh, my workplace? So they're gonna come on board and help me out, and they give me time off to go racing. So I'll put a shout out for them over my Facebook page or microphone or everywhere I can. So four sponsors this year, and uh, endurance roofing. Stefan Somerset, who's always helped me out over the past few years with parts and stuff. So. I'll put a shout out to him as well. It's it's a great group. It's it's a great crew, and, and I'm sure they're going to be cheering on the 71 this weekend. Neil can't wait to get back to the racetrack. Uh, we'll see you Saturday, and we'll see if you can go three for three at, at Speedway Miramichi. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you. I'll try my best. That's Neil Muse, driver of the number 71, and and gentlemen, that's another show. Uh, that went by quick, uh, mm-hmm. Dylan. Let's talk about Petty. You're excited for this weekend. What are uh, what are your expectations for Saturday? I, I I'm over the moon. It's been a long time coming. I mean, just with the course COVID, but lately it's been rain. I mean, typical. It's race season. It's also rain season. But my word, I mean, this is this is going to be a show. It's a shame. Well, I should take that back. It's not a shame that multiple tracks are racing because that's good. I just wish they were spread out a little bit more maybe there's more hours in the day because i would love to get up to miramichi and hang out with the crew there and check out the firecracker 50 i'd love to go to oyster bed on saturday night but petty i will be there with the hot rod classics and the east coast mini stock tour uh and we'll, we'll see if jesse thompson throws me another mic and uh, maybe we'll we'll call the pro stock and sportsman race and bando race together and we'll we'll see how elsa transpires here it's right now drinking daiquiris in florida maybe they'll go to texas or something uh you just gotta stay a little positive here we live in nova scotia the weather changes seven billion times before it actually strikes midnight we'll see but petty it's gonna be awesome with the hot rod classics and everybody else are you saying that drinking daiquiris in florida is a bad thing because i've done that before Oh no! I'm I, okay. I'm just I'm hoping that they like you know take a little extra because uh, you know we, we don't want them showing up too too early you know maybe show up Monday or something after all the racing's done. The last time I was in Miramichi, we had a couple of daiquiris and and Denver. I didn't really feel the greatest the next day, and we raced. So I'm hoping <laughs> that that doesn't come out that way. But uh, I wish I could be two places at once with our TV crew, the equipment. Uh, there's only so much resource to go around, but. Uh, I, I'll tell everybody that that's listening. Speedway Miramichi has been great to us. Uh, the the customer base has been great to us on the TV side. Really looking forward to Saturday to go back and support them as well as the Atlantic Modified Tour with the All-Star Auto Center 35. And uh, I'm bummed that I'm missing the International for the first time since the, uh, Wayne and Ellen and Craig and Brett reopened that racetrack back in 2011. Uh, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be going to Miramichi and, of course, Scotia Speed World on Friday evening for the car star weekly racing series opener, uh, all kinds of racetracks racing like Dowsett's racing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're somewhere in Atlanta, Canada, I think Thunder Valley's racing on Saturday. I could be wrong, but figure out a racetrack that's racing and, and get to it. But Denver firecracker, 50 fireworks modifieds. Uh, list goes on and on. Yes. There's a burnout competition. This is going to be fun. 
Yes, Brandon Campbell, there is a burnout competition, and hopefully his car makes it a couple laps around the track this time. Oh! But yeah, <laughs> but it is sure going to be fun. Um, I'm excited to turn the lights on. Um, racing under the lights, can you get anything better than that? The fireworks, like you said, Firecracker 50. I know those bomber drivers are revved up for them, Tim and Dylan. This is going to be the biggest race they've ever competed in in their career. Uh, the biggest trophy they've got to race for. Uh, they're fired up, and it's going to be a show because every one of those drivers, and we're expecting 15 or 16, every one of them wants to win that race. So uh, some great stock car racing, some great demolition action. The beautiful thing about Miramichi, it's a full event. It's not just racing. It's not just demo. It's both. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, and whether you're going to Petty International Raceway or Speedway Miramichi, uh, we can't stress this enough. Come early. If you show up at the last minute, uh, you, you might be sitting in a long line and you might just miss out. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be some phenomenal crowds this weekend as long mm-hmm. as the weather cooperates. And the best thing I can tell you is take your phone with you because you can you can watch Speedway Miramichi from the racetrack and Petty as long as the internet, the beautiful infrastructure that the, the out in the middle of nowhere province in New Brunswick has. Um, we're, we're blessed in Miramichi, I should say. Uh or if you're if you're there Friday night at Scotia Speed World and and want to watch or you're somewhere else and want to watch Friday night you can do so as well and uh, all that all that information as it changes weather wise and what have you can be found at timscorner.ca. I uh, want to thank all our guests here this evening. This has been a fun show. Tyler Hawes, Neil Muse, Sean Pierce at the start. We had to pivot a little bit on the audio side. So if you're listening to us in the podcast, deal. Thank you. You can listen to this uh, back on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor. Uh, there's all kinds of different, wherever your favorite podcast is located, you can probably find Tim's corner motorsports and Tim's corner live. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Hopefully Paul is back. Uh, hopefully he's got wheels on his truck that, uh, he can get back and, and, uh, be a part of this deal. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So for the whole crew, uh, my name is Tim Terry. We will see you this weekend, I guess, at a racetrack when we say, let's go racing until then keep the hammer down and we'll see you at the track. <laughs>